Welcome back to Two C's with a pod. Ooh, We're back. We're back, man. Boy, tell you what, man, this has uh, been a rocky road. Rocky road getting back here, man. Uh, times. Apologies times. about missing last week. That one was all on me. I had an unexpected meeting come up. Had to cancel last minute. Uh, today was uh, touch and go. Matt got that internet working. So, so far, up. so good. So far, so good. I've been, yeah, I've been cranking the electricity over here. Like we've been, we've been setting all the generators up. We've been doing all the things. Yeah. So, so far, so good. Crossing fingers. Yeah. Well, and I feel responsible for the, uh, for the Campbells not being able to pay their electric bill for missing last week because in that ad revenue that we had that was coming in last week, that you were counting share, on that. Yeah, we're you were. That, you were counting there. on that to keep your keep the lights on over there. And I come on, man. I know, man. So uh, <laughs> we do have. Um, a make good uh, for those of you not in the biz like us a biz make guy. good is when you miss an advertising opportunity so last week we did have our paid sponsor um everybody's favorite paid sponsor the legit poonhound had put an ad in yeah and uh we didn't weren't able to execute on that so we have to make good this week part of his wanting us to make good is uh, he wants me to read his ad. So I'm sure that this is going to be overly embarrassing for me. Um, yeah, that seems purposeful. Like, uh, yeah, this is, this is going to hurt maybe a little bit. But again, yeah, yeah, I'm, sure there's, I'm sure now, there's you some. Didn't, you didn't just explain this to me earlier, like five minutes ago. Like, I really actually knew 100% what a make good was. Yeah, because um, like when I was like, hey, we've got to make good on the poon down dad you're like oh god did we miss that last week and i was like yeah. yep and you're like totally how many how many make goods do we have and i was like thankfully just one but right but maybe more when we get some you know some sponsors yeah. that but we're proud. anyway we we want to take care of our sponsors and Let's yeah so okay what do we got here right. namath in the 70s brett in the 80s jeter in the 90s Prince in 2000 and the teens. Um, okay. For over 20 years, FPP has been pulling wool from eights and above. In the spirit of Christmas, FPP is offering his introductory Poonhound 101 course for $69. You heard me, only $69. I mean, I have to say nice. Okay, go. There it is. Here we go. Don't be a pussy like Andy. Get some pussy. Oh, oh wow. That's, just, that's a terrible line. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's wow. Uh, you know, there for a while, I was a little confused on uh, like when you said Prince in the 2000s. Like, was he talking about, like, Prince? Which had a, had a good run there yeah. in the 2000s. When he wasn't like Prince, he was like yeah. the symbol. The, the symbol. Good uh, little but, run. So... Uh, I got to be honest, my favorite thing about this ad is that this guy has, uh, he has put himself in the same category as Joe Namath, Derek Jeter, and George Brett. I'll take them all. I, I, mean, I mean, in some ways, I don't think any of those three would be that out of line with, with I, I think they'd have a good time with our friend personally. Oh, uh, I mean, I just, right? Like what we know about those three folks that makes sense to me a little bit. 
Um, but no, as far as like, you know, athletic ability or just like prowess when it comes like to win. Oh. Like Derek Jeter, like Derek Jeter. I mean, I don't know. Like who? He, he was with Jennifer Lopez. Uh, I that? Was there, that a, no, that's Alex Rodriguez. And I don't know. No, no, I know that one. There was, was a, there was actually like a, uh, there was a picture going around. And I'm sure I can find it. It was called the Derek Jeter all-star. Yeah. Like, and it was like all the models and stuff like that, that he had. I want to say it been, was always, maybe it was never famous gals, but it was always. Oh, there like, were some pretty famous ones. Yeah. So, yeah, Derek Jeter had, had a pretty nice little run. Now, Joe Namath. But not had, Lopez. Not Lopez. I still felt like I knew, I knew A-Rod was in the mix now, but I, I was thinking, like, there were several Yankees. I'm going to have to look it up, to be honest with you. Um, I could be wrong. You might I be right. You, you, you know, maybe. I thought, like, I, I was getting to a point where I thought, like, Lopez could have, like, it was next it was going to be, like, Mickey Mantle. It was like she was trying to go through <laughs> She was trying to she, go through the Yankees Hall of Fame. She wanted the low number Yankees. She started with Billy Martin, went to right. Jeter, then to uh, then to Babe Ruth, then to Lou Gehrig, yeah. DiMaggio, sure. and uh, now Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Then then but he then was thirteen. Like, he was thirteen. Like he's not. I don't even know if he's considered a low low number Yankee. No, not at this point. No. And he's like a high number Red Sox, or he like did he play? And then like he was obviously like a high low number Mariner, right? Like he played for them all there for a second. Rangers, Rangers. The Rangers, Rangers are Rangers were the one that set the market for, for ridiculous A-Rod. amount of yeah. They started negotiating against themselves. I'll but give you ten million. Okay, fifteen. But they know oh. one. But they got nothing out of it, though. No, I mean, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't get much. Didn't get much out of him. Um, so, uh, Sammy Sosa. Didn't they have Sammy Sosa too? They may have. Oh, look who's. No one's back. Never mind. <laughs> nothing happened. But Sammy Sosa. Um, that's all when George Bush was the the owner of the Rangers. By the way, Sammy he Sosa. liked he liked him some. Uh, well, it's kind of like the Angels with Albert Pujols. Like he if you're the if you're, the Angels gave him that ten year contract and they knew it was the last ten years of his career, they knew they were probably going to get a good five. Right. They knew they were going to get a good five out of him, but they knew that on the back half probably not. But you know, if you're the Cardinals, you can't match that. Right. Exactly. So. All right, buddy. I have uh, uh, I have some questions for you. Oh, I like questions. Um, and I have a, I have a comment, um, but let's, uh, I'm going to start with our comment. Um, BD from the, the police force, obviously not a full name due to, uh, can't give the full name due to, you know, confidentiality, confidentiality says that Kamala Harris is not a cop and the police do not, uh, view her as a cop. Uh, he wants you to know that and he. Very upset that you said she's a cop. I will say to BD and I will say to you, I do not know any prosecuting attorneys. I do not, I do not know any attorney generals that are truly liberals. Again, Kamala Harris is again, if you want to say she's not a cop fair, I don't, I don't think she is again. Like there's a level of like, some of that stuff is silly. But what I'm going to also say is, on the flip side of it, I'm going to also say that she is not some sort of crazy lefty. 
the only reason she is painted as a crazy lefty is because of who, like what gender she is and what color she is, period. In the same, I mean, it's it couldn't be no more mirrored to what Obama was because Obama was not a crazy lefty. Obama was a middle of the road, centrist, Joe Biden-ish Democrat, okay? And because he looked a certain way and because he, he had a certain name, oh, he's a crazy lefty. Kamala is in the same story, or Kamala. I keep calling her Kam. That's I'll right. never not call her. Well, I feel bad, but it's the Ugandan giant got that, uh, you know, it's kind of that, that's the it's first. The, that's, it's the wrestling. Yeah, it's the wrestling it's the first, thing. First time you hear it, then it's like, always I, that. I wish I could get it right, but I'll never get it right because of the wrestling. Like, it's not, mm -hmm. I hope she knows. It's not a racial thing. It's not, I just, the fucking wrestler. So get this. Here's a little aside on names. Uh, okay. Elle and I went to, um, I took her to iFly, you know, the indoor oh, skydiving. Yeah. So yeah, I took is her that to, fun? Is that cool? Uh, you know, I think for somebody, her body type and weight, it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I think there's a certain as amount as far of, as mine as possible. Okay. I think there's a certain amount of flexibility that you need to, that Fair. you need to have. And, you know, I think that, I think smaller people that are more uh, flexible sure. have a better time than people that are maybe way a little more that aren't as flexible. What, what uh, so way? we walk into the place and I say, I have a reservation for one thirty for L Kavanaugh. Guy's like, oh, how do you spell it? And I was like, E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. He's like, oh, okay, Ellie. <laughs> I said the name. I literally, I said the name <laughs> to you, friend. So I was just like, no, it's L. I was like, just L. You know, I, got, I don't get offended at it, but it's, it's just hilarious how people no, are no, like, no. anyway. No. I know. So back, I, to your, back to your defense of uh, uh, yeah, police, uh, police chief and the, the top police officer in the country. Uh, Kamala Harris, I believe is what <laughs> exactly. you said. As vice president, I mean, in some ways, right? Like she's the, yeah, yeah. She's the head she's of all police. General. She's not the attorney general. The attorney general is ultimately the top cop in, in the country, period. Like there's, so like, again, if you talk about like Janet Reno, if you talk about Eric Holder, if you talk about liberal, like left, like left leaning attorney generals, Fine, like they're that that's a thing but but still they are attorney generals they ultimately they ultimately uphold the law that is literally their job and so the law is never ultimately leaning to the left I, I, it's not and so if they're doing their job which most attorney generals do they're not lefties you know and so that's always going to be a hard pill for me to swallow just look at their record Look at Kamala Harris' record. Don't look at what she said in a campaign. Because honestly, like, just let's all admit that what people say in campaigns are not really always, imagine this, what they really believe or what their record shows. And so she was trying to get elected in a Democratic primary that she felt like she might be able to find a left side niche. And so she said, hey, I'm pro Green New Deal. Cool. You're a lefty, Kamala, right? Or Kamala. No, you're not. We know your record. We know your record. And your record doesn't show that. And so, like, part of me just goes, just, just be realistic in the political world sometimes. Like, know that people say things, but look at what they've done. 
Look at what they've done, right? All right. So that's your response to BD. Um, yes. So, but uh, again, speaking of campaigning, yeah. Uh, so Becky and Valdosta missed out on a uh, a golden opportunity. Sure. Um, you know, she, uh, she was up in town this week to visit because, uh, those folks that have to travel for Christmas and Thanksgiving, you can't do it around Christmas and Thanksgiving, even, even in a depressed airline economy, because like, you know, let's say that a round tripper might cost you say 500 bucks. Now that same round tripper is probably going to cost you 1500 in a couple weeks. So, uh, but Becky and Valdosta came in, uh, last Friday and you know what happened in uh, her adopted hometown on Saturday? No, like, yeah. Over the, something happened over the weekend in her hometown. I don't know if it was Saturday. Tell me more. Like uh, your, your boy, DJT, held his, uh, his rally right there. Donald oh. J. Trump right there. In Georgia. Yes. Valdosta, Georgia. Right. In okay. Valdosta. So I asked her why she didn't Airbnb her home while she was out for the weekend. I think she could have made some good money off that. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, he... like a weird time to do that personally. But, I, I mean, if you... <laughs> yeah, sure. I, again, I'm, I'm I not... I don't know if you saw any of the house. rally, but he, as, you know, speaking of campaign, uh, one of the things that he said was that... Um, his, all these geniuses that he had working for him um, told him that he got the most votes of any sitting president and that if he got to 67 or 68 million, that he would win. And he got to 74. So there's no way that he could have lost because he got to 74. And all these geniuses said 67, the logic, 68. The logic is um, airtight. Again, I mean, I, I, I imagine, could you imagine that he, that his people either painted a rosier picture than what he, or, or were telling him things that potentially he wanted to hear as opposed to what was truly the facts, or could it be that ultimately um, for, I think, a lot of people, a lot of experts, that ultimately it, it became that more people voted than they expected. Is you it know? possible that he lost? Two reasons. I'm going to throw these both out to you, and I want to see what sure. you think would be the more possible. Sure. Uh, he lost because the other guy got more votes and wow. won more of these electoral. Okay, just let, let me now. Let, let me get you to, to option two. I'm, I'll bear with. That's a yeah. wild scenario, but right. I'll 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 weigh yeah. it. I, I'm just give, yeah. Just hear me out on this. Um, so do. the other guy got more votes. One of the scenarios. Sure. And won these elect more of these electoral colleges, similar to what happened in 2016, by the way, where <laughs> the guy that had the more electoral colleges won, even though they didn't have the more the most votes. So that happened. Um, or, or he took a four point lead with 13 seconds to play and decided to run cover zero. <laughs> no, that's exactly. So scenario B is clearly what happened. Yeah. He um, ran the cover zero and Henry Ruggs got all those, all those votes for him right there at the end. Five just, seconds. 
it's a really interesting debate. Like, and part of it goes back to, listen, we talked about it before. Like, it's a good, it's a really good comparison because I'm not a hundred percent sure that this man initially, the word want is like, <clears throat> I think he wanted to win. I don't know if he wanted the job. Does that make sense? Like there's a difference between, there's a difference between wanting to win and wanting to be president or wanting to have like, or wanting to campaign and then like what happens next? So we've all, we've had this conversation many times. Like, did he even really want to win initially? Um, were there other plans in place that um, really he had like a plan A and a plan B Plan A was the more likely route, but ended up plan B, which was, holy shit, I won. Um, so part of me goes like, is this, was this Greg Robinson's plan? But, but again, like, but, but Greg Robinson in this scenario, like he lost his, he got fired or he's going to get fired. Did he yeah, get lost, fired? Lost his job. Yeah, he got fired. So part of you goes, because the, there's two arguments. There's, you're trying to lose because you want to get like something out of that. Do you think right? Trump's but, trying to get Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> Weirdly, yes, no. No, but I think like there's a level of like trying to lose but going, I'm going to get a TV station out of this. I'm going to get a shit ton of press. I'm going to make a fuck ton of money because I'm going to use whatever kind of press and I got right close to the presidency. I'm going to use all that capital to make a, a bunch of money. That's plan A. Plan B, holy shit, I won. Now I'm in charge of the freaking free world. Now I got to do this job, though. My wife's kind of pissed because I promised her that I would not win and I would not make her move to Washington, D.C., which she does not want to be at and all these other things. So, like, part of me goes, was Greg Robinson. So, so the, the other thing is, like, you play cover zero because you're going, you want Trevor Lawrence. But on the flip side, that means you lose because you you don't get the you don't reap the benefits of Trevor Lawrence because you get fired, right? Well, so, so Greg Robinson's a defensive coordinator. It's Adam yeah, Gase that Adam Gase, the head coach, that would no, be. But, but he didn't get fired. But okay, so Adam Gase is still the coach. Yes. Yeah, but you got to think that he's going to get fired. I don't think that Adam Gase gets to coach. Of course, but but he but he didn't get fired yesterday. You know, or, or the other day, or right after the game, Greg yeah, Robinson. Yeah. Greg Robinson, I'm assuming because of that call, got fired, which part of you goes, well, then that goes all back to like, they can't be trying to lose. And Greg Robinson can't be like trying to do that because part of you goes, he got fired. You know, if he was in on the deal, right? He's going, hey, hey, Adam, we're trying to lose, bro, right? We're trying to get Trevor Lawrence. And, and Adam's like, Yes. Cover zero, bro. Well, here's, here's the other thing too. Um, I have, I believe on this show, I defended Pete Carroll in the Super Bowl. The pass I did, right? Terrible, terrible, terrible defense, but yes. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I, I, I mean, I disagree. I'm going to defend, I'm going to defend Greg Robinson. Ugh. Here I go. Okay. You have 13 seconds left. Why would he, why would he possibly run cover zero? Why, why would he blitz? Why would he have an all-out blitz and leave somebody man-to-man? -man? Because if you get a sack, game's over. Raiders had no timeouts. So if you, if you get there and you get a sack, game's over. Element of surprise, if I get there and get a sack, 
what's my best chance of getting a sack outnumbers, right? If I have more rushers than they have, I see you shaking your head at me. I'm, I'm defending the man because why would I, I appreciate I, you. And it's I, kind of the same thing with Pete Carroll running the throwing the pass at some point, if they don't get in, so you run on first down, you run on second down at some point you have to throw you lose your element of surprise if you run on first down, you run on second down, and then you've got third down, third and fourth down. The other team knows you have to pass at that point. So you've, you've decreased your, your playbook. Now, in this situation, again, similar to the Pete Carroll thing, it didn't work out for the guy. Um, Listen, and I, okay, so there's a couple things that I, I would play into this. Now, Derek Carr is I, I would say two years ago and a year ago, maybe. You, you, maybe, again, part of me goes, have you not watched tape of the current Raiders? Because you go, this is probably Derek Carr's best year. He, he's throwing the ball probably, well, not maybe best, but, but right up there with some of his better ones when he was younger. He's, he's throwing the ball accurately. He has, you know, some talent around him. So part of me goes, keep the – again – I will always play to the side. And, and you know me, part, this is good that we have these conversations and it's good we have the show because I'm a more conservative person, like, especially when it comes to coaching. What? No, man, you're more liberal. I'm more conservative. You're more liberal. Not in football. You are a leftist. Lefty. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a straight um, right-wing, you know, libertarian when it comes to um, football. And, and so my, my feeling is this, like, but Andy, think about, could you end the game by a tackle inbounds too? Right. So, 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 it, so part of me goes, why, why would you not play a more safe, I safe kind of concept and then tackle the guy inbounds, just tap, just guard the, guard the sidelines in some ways. And well, if you, again, if you guard, let's say you play cover two, Oftentimes in cover two, the middle of the field's open, right? And you tackle. Right. I mean, again, I mean, part of me goes, you trust – there's two levels of this, dude. Like, part of me goes, maybe Greg Williams trusted his guys too much, or maybe Greg Williams didn't trust his guys enough. Because part of me goes like – and here's the other piece, dude. I have no, no sympathy for Greg Williams. Like, come on, dude. This, Wasn't I mean, he the uh, bounty gate guy? He's a bounty gate guy, and I, I'm sorry. <clears throat> like, For all intents and purposes, inter- ended Brett Favre's career, so I th- would think you would like him. No, listen, like, re- whether, whether the, you know, two wrongs don't make a right type thing, like, like I'm not, you know, <laughs> like, that's, that's fine and dandy, but again. That's fine. The- you know what? In Brett Favre's career, I'm okay with you. Just, uh, just not like if it was Mahomes or someone I cared about. Lose, right, a, like, lose a game to the Raiders, I hate you forever. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I, but I do think like, again, that was – there's no place for that in like – and I think that goes to – and me and you probably disagree a little bit to this because it goes back to like the Richie Incognito stuff. It goes back to um, obviously the bounty gate and things of like, that's just not, it's not shit that should be happening in 2000. Like anything that this is, this is in the 21st century, this kind of stuff needs to be like gone from all society, if that makes sense. And, and football is a, no different. Like why, why would we say like football, it's okay. Cause they're, they're warriors, right? They're, 
just stop. Let's stop treating human beings this way, like putting a bounty on hurting someone, bullying someone to the point of like, you know, uh, almost suicide and, and feeling horrible like that. That's there's no place for that in, in, in football and like human life, period, in my in my view. <laughs> and you can be and, and you probably disagree, but I don't know. Um. <laughs> I don't know how we got there from cover zero, but, um, cover zero. but no, but do you, but, but, but no, but well, let's well, run the scenario. Bounty gate. bounty gate, bounty gate to me is like old school football, right? Like it's old school. It's like, Hey, we're the old boys in the locker room. And Hey, if you hurt the quarterback, I'll give you a hundred bucks, buddy. Yeah. Fuck that dude. Remember, yeah. uh, remember Tim Harris for the, uh, the Packers back in the late eighties came out on Monday Night Football, and he had uh, 9, 34, 83 on his towel. Um, it was like and a hit, he, hit list. And they went and, like, body slammed uh, Jim McMahon and hurt him. Like, he had basically his own personal bounty. Um, that, that's what I'm saying, though. Again, fine, cool. Make that part of, like, a, the legend of football. But there's nothing wrong with, like, evolving and like changing and realizing that that like behavior is ultimately well i also don't think you're going to get away with any of that stuff because there's such a turnover on teams that somebody's going to go away and go hey these guys over here are doing doing this right hey new employer this is you know i'm surprised at any of that stuff but he, but but it goes back to andy what ultimately is what happened is that somebody somebody broke a code because ultimately you got to think that like, yes, there were a lot of NFL dudes that went to other teams that still felt like they couldn't say anything because it wasn't a saints code. It was an NFL code. It was an NFL player, like NFL coach, NFL, like our little fraternity type code. And, and yeah, not goes, every team's doing it. No, no take, listen, not every team's doing it, but what I'm going to say, if you, if you think the Saints were the only ones doing it, that's crazy, right? Like, would you agree with that? Like, yeah, no, not at all. But, like, back in the day, remember the, the famous Al Davis quote? The other team's quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. Right? So it was part of, their, it was part of the strategy. But, that, back I mean, in the, but that's different, Andy. But, I mean, though you got to think, like, there, there's a level of, like, it's such a stupid line and maybe it's such a silly line, but I think there is a line between like going, we need to sack the quarterback as hard as possible and hit the shit out of him as opposed to, we need to hurt the player and I will give you X amount of dollars right for you taking it out. The the pay for the injury is the, uh, I think that's the dirty part. That's a, that's the yucky part, right? That's right. Like, I yeah. hope, Greg, I hope that Steve Spagnolo is talking to Greg Jones and going, stop, do, stop doing what you're doing and start hitting the quarterback and hit him hard and smack him in his fucking face. Like, that's, that's football, and I'm fine with that. But there is a level, again, of like, there's a difference between that. I tell my son that in a level, like a level. Again, not – he doesn't play football, he plays soccer. But I tell him, like, you're either the hitter or you're the hitty. Like when he's playing goalie, when he's playing goalie, there's a part of keeping yourself safe that has to do with you want to be the guy hitting the other guy. If you're the guy taking the hit, 
right? Then you are the guy that gets hurt. And so there is a level of like, there's, there's nothing wrong with aggression and nothing wrong with like, and I think in pro sports, there's a line that you can cross again, that with kids you can't cross, where you can go, I want you to beat the shit out of this dude. I want you to, you know, I want his mama to feel it. All that kind of stuff, right? Like, it's fine. Where do you think that that starts? Where do you think that it's okay to, to teach that aggression? High school? The, the interesting thing, Andy, is that I'm going to tell you, it's hard to me, like, I would love for coaches to be a little bit like teachers in the sense that there's only there's some kid that that's how they talk to and that that's important and that's good for them. But there's the same kid that's the same age that's right next to them that doesn't that's not how they get to that kid. It's not how they motivate that kid. It's not how they so part of me goes like and I think this is how good coaching has evolved to and, and a guy like Bobby Knight, you think you think Andy reads like a Bobby Knight, you know, well, that's a, it's not a a coaching thing that's a leadership thing like it doesn't matter that it's in in sports i mean i think that that's a leadership sure. thing in general like but it's your changed. best your best like managers are going to understand the people that need uh kick in the ass and the people that need the pat on the back you know like they they understand which needs which needs which you know and so part of it you know and so there's a level of like i i do think you know as you get older i think college kids I think college kids at a level are, they're paying for school, you know, one way or the other, whether they're going on scholarship, they're adults, they're 18 or over, they're going to the military. If they get drafted, they're going, you know, they can drink in a couple of years. Like part of me goes, if you're an adult, like I, I still, I see high school coaches. I coach, I knew guys that were high school soccer coaches. Okay. I would go help them out with goalie stuff and, and they're great guys, good guys. And I didn't love the way they talked to high school kids just because they cussed a lot. And, and as I, I don't like, I don't know that that's necessary. When I coached high school kids, I, I didn't cuss at them. I really didn't. Now I will also say when they cussed, I didn't freak out because they're free. They're high school kids. It, as long as kids weren't hurting us on the field. Cause I had to let kids know that, Hey, you cuss at the ref or you say cuss words on the field, you get a card. Like, you hurt us. Where so, do you uh, – speaking of, of refs, where do you come out on beating the shit out of a ref? Well, in, in all jokes aside, never. And I did see that. Did you see that hit, that guy come running off the stands and nail that referee? You yeah, that? Ta- I'm talking about the Texas high school football. Yes, like, exactly. Uh, That's a no-no. Pretty uncomfortable, actually. It's pretty bad. It's like, bad. yeah. But again, it, it's happened in soccer. And you, so you're like, anti putting a ref to sleep. I am very anti that. Like very anti that. And listen, I'm, I'm with you on that. I I'm I'm anti so this putting is a good the ref to sleep. Susie's agreement moment right here. We are not going to put this draft now on the Matt and I for I just want to Matt and I are against punching referees. Anti violence against. Um, Unless they deserve it. And most, well, unless they make like a really poor call against like your team. Our team. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Now, I think like there is a level of, got some tea there or some hot cocoa. Yeah, we got got a little bit of food on our face still. We may or may may not go wipe that off. Annika, what do you think? I think you might want to, not going to wipe the chocolate off our face. Yeah. Not not, going to do it. 
be there no. for later. Um, no, here's, I've had to been told, I've had to been told, I, and I was a younger person, but I've been told by like the people who were the boss of me when I was coaching to like settle down. Cause I, I, I would get on referees and I was kind of like, and you do. And as an adult, like I went through each, each phase, right. Of like now I, I, it's really hard for me to yell at like an 18, 16 year old kid, a 15 year old kid who's, who's ref in a soccer game. Like, yeah, I think it has to do with the stakes that are in play. And I think that when you get into a competitive, I think in high school is probably the first time, like where it's a competitive situation, right? To, so like in below high school, most of that's going to be, rec league type stuff right we're out we're out here to learn the game have, there's still yeah. kids yeah there's not there's no real stakes on it there's yeah. no real i'm stakes. actually no uh, i've i've taken some notes here that i need to not cuss at my first graders because that was something that i did last year at kindergartners um so i should not cuss at my Hard. first grade girls basketball team that's, even when they deserve it because they that's do what i'm hurt sure. they that's i'm sure hearing. they deserved it it's there was really one girl. Oh, there was one girl I wanted to, I wanted to cuss out. <laughs> like there was this one girl, like, like we're out here trying. Like first of all, you know how dealing with like kindergartners is, and this little girl like literally. All right, guys, go get a drink. I don't want a drink. Okay, we'll just stay here and shoot your basket. That's cool, you know. And then we we get everybody lined back up. Coach, can I go get a drink? Coach, can I go talk to my mom? Coach, can I? And I was just like, just, just go talk to your mom. Like, you don't even have to ask me. Just, you need to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. If you need to go get a drink, just go. Me and the counselor talked about a second grader. Like, I mean, you would, you would be horrified in some ways, like the way we talked about this poor little kid. Because now, again, we, it's not in front of them. And it's not, it's just, it's just a perfect, it's like what professionals do. It's the same kind of thing. But it was like, it was sad because we were like, oh, like I go, her little kindergarten brother is always crying when he, when we like put him on the bus and I had never tied two and two together that they, the kindergarten brother was a brother of the second grade girl. Okay. And so I'm talking to the counselor and I, I did it today. Like I tied them together and I go, Oh, now I know why he don't want to go home. Cause he's got to go home to his sister who is one of the most annoying human beings like I've ever been around. And this poor little girl, she's seven. I don't even, she's six. She's like seven or eight. And God bless her. Like, it's not her fault. It's not her fault. But me and her, me and this, and she's a counselor. She's a counselor. And she's sitting there like, oh, she's a mess. She's terrible. I'm like, yes. Like, I can't. She drives me crazy. And I'm uh, like. <laughs> let's go ahead and give her first name and last name if you don't mind, Matt. <laughs> no, I will not. Be, neither the adult or the kid. But all I'm going to say is, is that that's a very, so that's a piece of like, that's, dude, that's like job number one here. Okay. Freshman class, Kara should know. I'm giving Kara some help. So Kara, we'll, we'll try to get her at some point. Here's some curriculum advice for high schoolers that want to go teach for kids. Put them in a room. Okay. With kids going crazy and 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 like tying them or make them stay how long before you say a cuss word right how long before and that's the like so if you make it 30 minutes uh i don't think you can be a teacher if you make it an hour okay like maybe we can work you make it two hours three hours you make it all day and you have not said one cuss word instead in front of kids your teacher material 
Like that's the classes that we need. Like if you can do that, then that's like, that's half the battle. <laughs> do you want to know who is not teacher material? Who's this? Your boy. <laughs> no, I, I just heard you say you cussed out some first graders yeah. in basketball. Now, do you believe me that I cussed out some kindergartners in basketball? No, of course not. Not at all. But, um, but, no, but I'm, I'm sure. Oh, it was but, my kid, so it's okay. <laughs> exactly. But let's also keep in mind that, too, did you want to? Was it right there? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, dude, several times, man. Like several times. And, um, that's, and that's the piece. That's why, again, you could be because you, there is a self-control piece. And this is what I tell – this is what I tell um, – kids like I would tell I would try to sell middle schoolers this a little bit more than the, than the elementary kids I work with but the rule I would tell kids when they were in in-school suspension I say here's the deal if you can if you can not cuss at school cuss away man go home cuss out your mom cuss out your dad cuss out your friends cuss online I don't care man if you can come here and not cuss like turn it off can you turn it off if you can't turn it off then you gotta like you gotta turn it off all the time. Does that make sense? So like for me, you hear me cuss on this and I cuss a lot. Like when I talk sadly, probably more than I should, but I'm also really good at turning it off. Like that's a skill that I have that like when I go to school, it just doesn't come out, you know? And like, I want to, it's just something I, I, I think I've worked at schools long enough that like there's a level of it just doesn't, it's not even, it never slips out. You know, it's never been a problem that I've had. And so I try to tell kids that like you can, if you can cuss and like turn it off, cuss away. But if you can't like, and some people can't, you know? Well, it's kind of like, uh, I, there's, there's a few people from my church that have invited me to come watch the chiefs games with them. Hey, we're having the chiefs <laughs> no. game. No. <laughs> and no, I'm no. like, yeah, I'm, I, I need to not be around people during the chiefs games. Cause like, I'm like, I'm not horrible, but like, I'm nervous and I say vulgar things. Yeah. Like honestly, if they're doing good, it's weird. Like honestly, if they're doing good, I actually am probably worse because like I'm real bad about like, you know, saying some really like where, where the other team should stick it, you know, like, you know, lots of fist bumps and going, you know, you know, well, so ram it right up there, you know, yeah. here's how, here's how bad I am. <laughs> um so the Chiefs took what a six point lead with a minute or so left or something like that. Denver has the ball. So Kara's like, man, I'm heading up. Because that, that game did get over a little bit later than late nighter. Yeah, it was a little bit later. And she turned the light off that was next to me. I I reach over and turn the light back on and I'm like, I'll I'll, I'll get the lights. <laughs> Like the week yeah. before we're, we're playing Tampa. Like I had closed the blinds cause the sun was coming in and the nightfall hits and she starts opening the blinds. I'm like, hold, hold, hold on. Keep, keep the blinds closed. <laughs> like, like what is wrong with me? Seriously. I, I, I'm not as bad as like chief's Twitter and we'll get to chief's Twitter, but like, like seriously, what is, what is wrong with me? Like the dog wanted to come up and sit with me. During the, during the game. And I'm like, dude, get down. Like, I don't want you sitting up here. I need to be able to get up. I need to be able to, to move. hundred percent. Oh, it's, there's no doubt about it. Like, uh, I don't need, I don't need mixed companies seeing me in that, in that situation. I mean, I no. got an 11 and one team over here and I'm acting like. It's embarrassing. It, it oh. really is. 
I did that with sporting. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So sporting lost their last game pretty poorly, pretty bad. Yeah. And you're mad at them for more reasons than that. Um, yeah, that's been, that's been frustrating, but I think ultimately like it's going to work out. Is it because Mahomes is part of the ownership group now? That's really neat. No, we're talking about the, uh, the, women's soccer team that's coming back yeah, to Kansas City. Exciting. Matt, Matt was upset team. at them because – well, tell us why you're upset at sporting. Sporting KC, from, from the get-go, has not been super supportive of, like, women's soccer here in Kansas City. Now, I'm going to give some caveats. I'm going to say that the league itself has not been great. It has not been greatly run. It has not been the, – the business side of it has been rough. And I think ultimately sporting folks, you're talking about folks from Cerner. These are people that are ultimately business people, and they don't see the business side. Like they don't see the plus side. And so they're not they, – first off, they let them go, whereas sporting could have bought the female soccer team that we had here and kept them here. They did not. They let him go. Then now they've come back, and now they've not been really supportive with, of them coming back, like not allowing to practice on their fields, not allowing them to use their stadiums, things like that. Now, they're going to use the T-Bone Stadium, um, which I think ultimately might be better. Um, I think it's going to work out. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to keep a positive, you know, outlook on it. And number one, again, I just think – you've got to take some of that out of it. I love soccer and I'm going to always root for them, you know, and I'm always going to, you know, Gerso and Johnny Russell and Matt Beasler and all these guys, they have nothing to do with the business side, right? Like I'm sure if you asked them and said, Hey, do you, do you think we should support the women's? They'd be like, yes. You know what I mean? Like, so I do think you've got to be careful about separating those things, you know, but no, it's been frustrating like on, on that level, but. So they're not, Sporting KC is not part of the ownership group. No, no. So why would it be expected that they would allow them to use their, their stadium? Andy, I'm just going to tell you. So you, it's, it's going to be hard to explain to you because you're going to look at it as in, through your lens and your lens is the lens that they're going to look through it at, which is fine, which is a level of like, there's no, there is no, Ultimately, there is no liability, like they do not have to. Number two, it may not be a smart business move on, on two levels, either buying the team and keeping it here originally or even letting them use any facilities they have, especially right now. Um, but there's the other side of it is like this soccer community, okay, that is very like it has to stick together and it has to be something that, that, that the, the male side of, of the sport needs to be very, very, in my mind, supportive and actively promoting the female side. And like, so it's only out of, it's only like out of that. You're right. So if you're looking at it as like a purely business standpoint or like, do they have any responsibility at all to do this? No. Well, I look at it a little bit like the uh, NBA and WNBA. So, but all of those WNBA teams, the NBA team is a pretty significant owner. They might not be the majority owner, but they're a pretty significant stakeholder owner. And that's the case in other towns. So it's not like that's not the model because a lot of towns like the Portland Timbers 
have the Portland Thorns. Okay, so they are they are the same. They are. Oh, speaking together. of uh, Oregon, uh, talk to a good friend of the show, Ryan Middaw from uh, oh, William okay. Christman. Yeah, says Wonderful. he enjoys. Uh, says he table. enjoys. Yeah, yeah, good good brother living up in uh, living up in Oregon. Uh, Fantastic. Portland, Oregon, yeah, or just around there. Or yeah, Portland. he's up in Oregon. Yeah, I think it's Portland area. I didn't, but he's uh, he says he's actually listened to our show, so he's probably one of the seven. So we're we're slowly figuring out. Uh, Ryan, so thank you. Uh, thank yeah, appreciate you so it, Ryan. Ryan was always a always a great brother. Uh, carpooled with Ryan all the time. Uh, a lot of great times, man. So good carpool. Hope, we had a good hope, carpool going. Yeah, hope to connect with Ryan real soon and uh, and talk in person instead of over. Uh, over the, yeah. over the book of faces, but uh, anyway, Brian, happy birthday this week, man! Um, and uh, thanks for listening. Twenty one this week, apparently. All right, so uh, you were talking about the uh, Portland thorns. So the, the so it is it is every rose has a thorn, by the way. Exactly, just like every night has its dawn. <laughs> but I'm just gonna say that, like. I love that. Hey, if we're going to talk music, then I'm for it. Even if it has to be Poison or Brett Michaels, like if we're going to, we don't talk music much, right? It certainly isn't a music show. So if we got to go there, we'll, we'll, I'll take it wherever we well, can. Well, if you want to talk music, I'll, I'll sidebar us. Did you see the Christmas tree? Did you see Tim McGraw's Christmas tree? I, no. Did you think that I saw it? I think this is, was it news? Well, first of all, uh, first of all, like, I don't think we really realize how rich these people are. Fair. Like, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Faith Hill. Like, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Like, how rich those people are. It's, 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 a, it's not Beyonce and Jay-Z, but it's like, it's relatively close. I don't know. I, I mean, Tim McGraw's been, how long has Beyonce and Jay-Z been doing it? The only, no, I know, maybe not the long, maybe not necessarily the longevity. I'm just going to say, like, there's... So Tim McGraw's first hit, his first hit yeah. was when we were in seniors in high school. Sure. He is still pretty. Think about it. But Jay-Z though, that's now maybe not Beyonce. Beyonce was probably a couple years after that, but like, it's pretty close. You know, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see if Tim, it's you know, but whatever it is, regardless, they're all, they're all buku rich. Like, what is it? What's the difference? This, like you hit a point where it doesn't matter. This Christmas tree had to be like, 20 feet tall he's in got like a 15 foot house. ladder that in, in their house. house in their house i'm gonna find the picture and send it to you and he's trying to put the star on it and like this thing is just ridiculous and so i you know like i see it and it's like i automatically go to my god those people just the amount of money like think about and i had this conversation with somebody earlier today like will smith and jada pinkett like the amount of money that they had Dwayne wade and gabrielle union like you don't, you don't even really think about it, but you're like, oh, Brady and Giselle. Like, how'd you like to be Brady and not be the breadwinner of your house? Yes, I've always, I've always been a little skeptical of that. Like, are we saying, I don't know. I'd love to see the numbers behind that. Giselle like, makes more money than Tom Brady. How? I'm like, what? Like, she's not an actress. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I know she's a model and I'm sure they get paid a lot. Like, I don't know. I just... I'm curious, like, I'd love to see the hard data on that. And, 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 but, but that's fine. If we want to, I'm also anyway, fine. With ba going. Back to, I'm going to send you the Tim McGraw picture, but back to your, uh, your, your being upset at Sporting KC because. No, no, no. 
they, they won't let the uh, the women's soccer team practice and play at their it's just their facility. More of like, it's just more of like soccer because soccer has always been like a, a stepchild. You know, it's always been like. What did I hear somebody say the other day? Well, women's saw, women's sports have always doubly and, have and, always and, taken a backseat to what they said. The fifth. We're finally, we finally have the fifth major sport or something shit like that. And I was like, I saw some commercial where I was talking but about. I guess I, my, my point is, my and point I always go back to if people were watching it, like ESPN has put a ton of money into the WNBA. I know. They put a ton of money into putting that on TV, you know? And so if people were watching it, you know, if the viewership were, were there, if the ad dollars were there, the revenue was there to support it, you know, I think you would see, because I mean, there for a while in the 90s when you had like Mia Hamm and people like that, it was popular. Yeah, but you had, you really didn't have a professional league though. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what they've tried to do. I, I mean, I, I, Hey, these leagues are just like anything else, man. They got to start somewhere and grow. Like the NFL isn't the NFL like the NFL a hundred years ago, I know. I and know. even I up to, into the like even up into the seventies and eighties, a lot of those players would have other jobs. But I, I would just challenge. So what? What? Why do you think that is? Then I'm just curious. Like, so why? Why will people not watch female sports, but they will watch male sports? Because I'm just curious. Like, when I watch a WNBA game, I mean, which is. I don't even watch the NBA. So there's like a level of like, part of me goes and, and I look at the product and I go, I don't know. I, like, I'm okay with it. Like part of me goes, and when I watch a female soccer game, like I was very excited to see the lady soccer come back. So I'm just, and I'm, I'm not saying it again, like I, I'm not saying I'm not one of those that doesn't do it because obviously like I watch more male sports than female, you know? And so I'm just, I'm just curious like why it is, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't have a great answer for you. Because um, the product, like you go, you, part of me goes like, part of these guys that like complain about the new NBA, you, you, you start to go like, why don't you watch the WNBA then? Because like, there's a level of like, that's, that's kind of a little more old school basketball that, you know, kind of looks and mirrors a little bit more like what it used to be, where it's not quite so much it's more team play. It's more, you know, it's more like, it's not just watching one dude, you know, take on another dude you know and try to dunk it you know so like there's a level of like I, I don't know I'm just always curious like what what would it take to get women's sports at a level and I think the the other argument on the other side of it is until you start to expose it to people on a very high level which takes a huge amount of money initially and a huge amount of like maybe loss initially because the people aren't watching it at first it's like the office no one watched the office at first either you know, like there's a level of like, you have to, you either have to like give up or you have to sell out, you know? And, and I don't know that any league on well, the nope. women's side is really sold out and gone all out and gone, you know? Yeah. I and I, I don't think that it, it, like, it's weird. It's kind of like that um, Malcolm Gladwell book, the tipping point. Yeah. Like you never know where the tipping point's going to be. Like you never know that the, the formula is real simple actually for uh, any sports league or really anything is that you need a transcendent star. You need that first transcendent. You need that first transcendent star that captures people's attention. 
And I think uh, here's one. I'll, here's one I'll use for you. Um, golf. Yeah, Tiger Woods. Is perfect. Thirty years ago, golf was kind of a. Meh, it is what it is, right? It's got this rich tradition, but nobody gave a shit. Nobody cared. Nobody cared about Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer. Like nobody was like, oh, these guys are awesome. When people cared about Jack Nicholas was when he won the Masters in '86 at as a 46 year old man. But nobody, no. golf did not become this huge thing that it is today until Tiger Woods came in. Well, this transcendent it, it, athlete, this transcendent personality, this transcendent whatever came in. And then people all of a sudden started paying attention to golf and golf became, you know what, I'm going to watch. And even me today, like I, I would say that I'm a golf fan, but I would also tell you that I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. Like I appreciate what Dustin Johnson does. I appreciate Jordan Spieth and uh, Justin Thomas and those guys. But if Tiger's in contention on Sunday, the TV doesn't move. When Dustin Johnson's winning the Masters by 100 strokes, it's kind of like, oh, come in and check in just to make sure. Like, at that point, it becomes, okay, the only reason I'm going to keep checking in on this is, is this guy going to blow a six-shot lead with four to play? Is he going to John Vandeveld this thing? Like, that's the yeah. only reason. So, so I mean, there, there it is. I mean, there's no transcendent star that has captured the – the world's imagination that has captured the yeah, but you wonder like and part of that's marketing too though andy like there is a level of like yes tiger woods was was a different kind of athlete in a in a sport that hadn't had one in a while on a couple levels like, yeah um, nike threw a ton of money and gatorade and then you know we we saw what we saw i mean so so that's that's why i can go up to deanna and go hey you know tiger woods you know and she would go oh yeah i know who that is. i mean i think that's the line the line is the guy that cheated on his wife well whatever with it is perkins she, red, with the perkins she, hostess exactly she knows who well she knows you know whatever like let's not judge the perkins hostess sometimes you, know what I mean? hey, like, you don't know you don't know absolutely she could do right but again so the other piece is like Again, the line is for like people who are not sports fans at all, who don't follow that sport, do they know who the person is, you know? And I think Tiger Woods did get to that point where like, sure. And so, and you also see like, again. I think sports um, in general have lost viewership. I think in general, they have, have lost. It's generational dude. So that's the yeah. piece. Like that's the other part. So how does women's sports get, get, get big it gets women to watch right it gets young people to watch all the the sports that are happening right now i my son will watch sports he loves like he he knows it but also like there's a whole like if you said hey go in there and play some madden or watch this chiefs games with me he'd play madden like there's a yeah. level of like for me i you know i watched it even as a kid like i never missed a play you know obviously we were together sometimes like whatever it was like you know, that was everything for us where I just think generational wise, there's some kids that are still there, but like, there's just so much more for them. There's so many more like, I yeah, mean, there's, there's a lot of competition for their, for their attention. So exactly. And it's just because it, like, you don't, there's a level of like, it's not like, I know there's like, it's almost more accepted male wise too. I was watching like, um, I was watching, speaking of the office, I was watching the, the, when Plop, remember the new gym came in, right? It was old. That's like later in the office when it was about to be over, but they got a new gym 
And the old Jim is trying to talk to the new Jim and like trying to connect, right? And he's like, hey, you like the Phillies, right? And he's like, oh, you mean the hor horses, Phillies? Like, no, the baseball team. You know, he's like, oh, no, you know, like I don't, I, I follow tennis, you know, and stuff like that. And so he really couldn't connect. So there was like this level of like, it was almost like a dude thing. Like you had, you had to follow sports. It was almost like, if you're a guy, you, you know, you follow some sport of sports, you play sports or whatever, like it's sports thing. I think now, like, there's so many different things, again, that, like, you could talk to, like, it's not necessarily, again, a, 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 a thing you just do because you do it, you know, or you're a male, or that's just, you know, what your dad watched, or, or you know, whatever, it's just, Well, like, and I think there was a level of, you played sports as, like, for our generation, you played sports as a kid because it was fun, you know, and you like to be competitive, and all of that. And then I think as time has gone on, that fun part has kind of gotten taken out of it because it, even at, you know, you've got competitive, like I know people that have like competitive basketball teams in second grade, competitive softball teams, you know, like, Oh, our coaches pitch comp softball team. It's like, what? Like that, it just doesn't register with me because like, and maybe it's just that, my parents never like, Hey, if you want to play, go play. Well, yeah. You want to play basketball, go play basketball. You know, we'll, we'll pay for your, for your, uh, registration fees and shoes and equipment and all of that to where it was like, yeah, I, I want to do this. And then, you know, I think at some point it's became more of a, okay, I want you to commit to the sport that you're in. And I realize you're in first grade, but you need to commit to it because we're going to try to make this your college. This is going to be your college career. This is going to be your career. And the likelihood of the likelihood of, you know, people going pro in these sports, it, it's less and less. Or, or, or even getting a scholarship. I mean, there's a level of like, that should never be your goal. It should not, you know, when they're that young, that should not even be a thing that even is in their vocabulary or yours, you know, like it should be a level of fun. It should be a level of, but here's the other piece. The other piece that we don't really like, it, it, the other piece is like how much it costs to participate in these sports right now. So my, my kid plays, you know, my son plays in one of really like the cheapest. So, you can do like recreational or you can do club. My son plays in probably the cheapest club that you could possibly imagine. So he, he's kind of like, he's not in this like rec world where it would be re really pretty cheap. It would be very like low commitment, you know, like maybe once a week type thing. Then he's at this club where again, it's, it's the cheapest club. That's the reason we use, do it is because and the only reason we would do it is because it's comparatively to other soccer clubs, it is, it's pennies on the dollar. And that is the piece that in soccer and in all sports that, that is so sad and is so incredibly like it, not fair and, and allows for so much inequities and also doesn't give us the best athletes in these sports. And so soccer is a perfect example of where there are so many kids that never could get seen and never could get into academies and get into places to where they could make it to the highest levels in this country because they can't afford it. And that's a problem. And I mean, that, that is like, you, you, it's so sad. It's also why other countries don't have that problem. South America, again, Lionel Messi, dirt poor. 
Diego Maradona came from nothing. But they don't have systems that are money-based. They have systems that are talent-based. So they go out there and they see this kid play in the field and he's Diego Maradona and they say, hey, we pay. you're free, buddy. Here you go. Come on in and play in our club. You're so badass. You're free. Whereas what we do in our country is we go, hey, Maradona, man, wow, you're incredible. To join our club, $10,000 a year. Diego's parents go, like, I'm, we're poor. Like, there's no way that we could afford to put them in a club. And they go, well, we'll find another Diego. Right? And so that's, that's, that's the difference. And that's, that's what sadly is like happened. And yeah, but, I, you know, I, I also think that the cream ultimately will rise to the top. I, I disagree. I, I, I think that, not in I mean, soccer. I think, well, maybe not in soccer, but I mean, you see, I, I mean, I just read an article yesterday about Bama Adebayano, place where Miami Heat bought his mom a house, put okay. the, put the picture of the single wide trailer that they grew up in at the front door, you know, to be like, this is a reminder of where we came from. And you, you hear those stories all the time in the, you know, in NBA and in baseball and stuff like that. So at some point, if you've got that talent that you will, it, it will. I mean, here's, here's what I tell you, Andy, my guess is, and I, I feel bad saying it, but my guess is at some point, someone illegally paid or made sure he was in a, on an IYAA team. Are you saying the university of Kentucky is, are you, what are you saying about the university? I'm I will not saying- sit here and let you, diminish the good name and yeah. reputation of the of university of Kentucky basketball program right. and, and sir. The NCAA as a whole. Right. Exactly. No, no, I, I just, that's the only thing I would say is, is that as much as that's, I'm sure a happy, good, you know, feel good story. I, I I'm skeptical that at some point a, a string wasn't pulled that, 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 that didn't get pulled for another kid that allowed that kid to get in that scenario. And I know that's like life. I get yeah, it. Yeah, and I well, I know, but the thing is, but, is I mean, I think that people are ultimately selfish when it comes down to it, right? So, am I going to spend time on this five foot seven kid that's really fast and can dribble well? And I, I, I look at what's the future prospects of a five foot seven? Yeah, yeah, maybe there there have been some five foot seveners in in the NBA. But it's no. not the now I've got this other guy over here that's six eleven. Uh you know what? Maybe we're gonna spend some time on putting, you know No. No, of course. And, and, and I don't that, care that this kid's mom's poor and single mom and can't do anything. We're gonna we're gonna invest in Bam because Bam has promise. No. I know, I know. And again, like I know those stories exist and part of me part of me goes like I don't know. I I, I just they well, the I'm sorry that I'll you chose that, an elitist sport. No, it's, I think it's a sport that you can't point to as – like basketball is a weird sport. But right? here's – okay, if you want to talk about elitist sports though, like, okay, tennis, elitist sport. Oh, yeah, lacrosse. Golf, golf elitist sport. Come on, dude. The most um, elite. So, I mean, if you're talking about like baseball, not necessarily an elitist sport. It's exp- dude. The only thing I would say to that is, if you want to go buy a baseball bat and a and a helmet and a glove and uh, uh, I mean, it's not cheap either. You know what I mean? You you buy you bought softball bats. I'm sure if you yeah, bought a, but, a nice softball bat, is not cheap. But, but at it, some point, 
And I guess where, where the, the money part's going to come into it, but it comes into play everywhere, is the kid's going to abandon the pursuit of the sport because maybe they have to go to work or they have to, to do these other things that don't allow them to play basketball and hone those skills. And then those skills do not develop to the point where they can get those scholarships, get those attention, you know, get all of that stuff. Like I was saying, like basketball is a weird example only because it's niche because of the tallness like factor. Like there's going to be a kid that you're going to go, if he's 6'11", she's 6'11", I'm going to give her the money. I'm going to make her work because I think literally by physical size, what I'm going to say is, is though in a lot of sports, it's not that like you could be six, six feet, or you could be five, five, you could be equally good. And there's a place for you. The problem is, is that it's not equal for every six footer. It's not equal for every five foot fiber because some of these kids are getting exposed in these camps, in these academies, in these, in these scenarios that other kids cannot get into because it costs such an astronomical amount of money or again, it's travel or it's a lot of things. And so again, there's a system in place that ultimately, and, and it, US soccer has gone through this. I mean, it's, it's not something that ultimately the NBA has to deal with because the NBA is a professional sport. Does that make sense too? Like USA soccer at the highest levels we can't get the best players because we have a, a price out spot. We have a spot right here where you get seen. I know I'm doing visuals on a, a audio thing here, but, but you get like, you top out to a point where, okay, these are the people that get seen. And if you don't have the money to get seen, you don't get seen. And that's the piece where I think like, because it's not a professional piece. It's not like this team is the Seattle supersonics. I can't believe I just used them as an example, yeah, but they, don't they didn't even exist. No, I know. But so let's just use them as an example though. They can't go, Hey, I don't care that you, I don't like, I'm going to go down here. And if I find a kid that's six eleven, and I'm going to spend a million dollars. And if I lose on him because he's six eleven, but he sucks, so be it. But U S soccer is not like a, it's not a professional sport. It's not like, Hey, they're paying money. So they, they go, Hey, I, I gotta, I gotta spend, I like, same thing with the coaches. Can the coaches afford to go and look down here all the time? Can they travel all over the country and look for the best talent? Or they have to go to the most elite camps where the supposedly elite kids are. And again, is it because of money or is it because of talent? Yeah. And and, I, I don't you know, know, man. I think that, I mean, this is, I, we could go on for three hours on this because I don't think like timing I think that timing and luck has an incredible amount sure. of things to do. Like uh, I read, I saw this, I you saw got this. Money, you got better timing and luck is all I'm going to say. You're well, going to have a better chance of better having timing well, and luck. Yeah, potentially. But I saw this article today. They were, uh, it was about this guy that they, they call him the greatest Minnesota twin ever. And he played in one Kirby game for the he played in one game for the Minnesota Twins, okay. and he was a scout. And on his off day, he went to watch his son play a game. And the kid was playing against Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett was on the other team. And Kirby that's Puckett how, had to be involved. And that's how Kirby Puckett got discovered and then ultimately got drafted by the Twins. 
out of sheer luck that this scout on a random day off. I know. And like Mike Piazza, Hall of Fame catcher Mike Piazza was drafted in what, like the 62nd round as a favor to Tommy Lasorda as a favor to his kids. Like, yeah, sure. Draft Lasorda's buddy's kid, whatever. And the guy ended up being a Hall of Famer. So well, he had some help. He had some help being a Hall of Famer. I'll just say what do you, that. What, what kind? Of, what do you? What do you? What are you accusing Mike Piazza of? <laughs> you accusing Mike Piazza of something? No, no. I'm just saying no, no, not at all. Mike was, was Piazza on PEDs? Was he? Dude. I, I don't. I don't remember. Was he? Was he? Like, oh yeah. No, I think he was an admitted guy. I think he admitted to it. But like, I think I, every player in the '90s and 2000s was man. I, I, listen, I'm not. It's fine, whatever. Generationally, that entire generation, they were all doing it. I know. And that's another podcast. I yeah. know. All right. I, well, I, I... All right. Well, let's speaking <laughs> of let's let's just go ahead and shut this one down. I think that uh the we have put in enough content to make the legit Poonhound feel as if his ad dollars so were well good. spent. Have we made good on the Did make good. Did we make good? I right. don't know. Probably not well, nothing's ever gonna be good enough for that guy but we'll, and we're looking at putting like you know upping the production level here maybe so maybe we can put him together something fun and you know where it's like poon down poon down poon down oh you yeah like, kind of like the uh <laughs> like a the used car wacky salesman. inflatable waving arm <laughs> you know if we give him one of those like yeah right like maybe yeah. you know we'll have some fun he's gonna that. have to pitch more money in though i mean he's gonna have to well, pay for both our electric bills yeah my wi-fi pay for my wi-fi yeah. Yeah, I, I am glad that your Wi-Fi uh, held up. So far, exactly. Uh, one was, little hit up there. Just before we go, was my advice of resetting your router ultimately that when I said, "Hey man, have you unplugged your router? <laughs> Let it sit for a minute. Plug I mean, it back in and see." I mean, I I don't want to take credit for this show going off, but that was the advice that I gave you. It's golden. I mean, it's and just funny every time. I will tell you, like, whatever we're paying Comcast, we should, we'll probably set, we'll, we'll, we'll kick it your way, ultimately. And that's what we're going to tell them. We're going to say, hey, listen, you're, we called our buddy and he fixed it. So we're not paying you this month. We're paying him. I want to give you two other pieces of advice. Well, really, it's one, but it's okay. two, two-parter. Two-part. Okay. On, the back of your, on the back of your modem, make sure that the, uh, the little screwy thing, the screwy thing. The yeah. tech, I think the technical term is screwy thing. Yeah. yeah, make sure the screwy thing is nice and tight on there. Because sometimes those things loosen up, yeah. which could That's make true. that you don't have a good connection, a good solid connection. And you want to do that on the wall plate too. They, you want to make sure that, yeah. you know, go in they there call and just that get... An LST. Yeah. In, the, in, the, in the industry, they call it an LST, loose screwy thing. They're yeah. like, hey, have you checked yeah. your LST? Yeah. Make, yeah, and you just want to make sure that those are tight. And, um, and also, uh, just tight is tight. <laughs> okay. Righty right. tighty, lefty Lucy. Lefty Lucy. That's again, if you yeah. remember that, you yeah, really just a couple, have a lot of the, a couple other things, you know, I mean, we're, we're just sh- sharing all the grandpa knowledge, um, towards the end of these shows. So we never know. And we got to get these, yeah. these very, this, nuggets of wisdom out there to the youth all right man well good luck on your internet i i hope that it stays up and that you're able to uh just a quick side pass before we go i'm, I'm teaching from home again so i'm gonna be back in the basement back in the so this is gonna be my classroom again so that's exciting 
I mean, I guess it's not. It's actually. So you're going to put the map back up? Yeah, no, map's coming back up. We build it back all up where we will rebuild it. Yes. So it's going to be back Can't, in room 124. Map, map's going to come up. The, uh, the green screen. The, uh, well, the green screen. We'll get the green screen going. We'll get the whiteboard right here. Like, it's going to we'll be get the, uh We'll get the still picture of Mr. Campbell uh, for the. Uh, for those times Dude, that Mr. Love, Campbell just needs. That guy. That's my evil twin. They requested that guy. Yeah, they love Mr. that guy. That's Mr. actually. They need, the, uh, they need the still of Mr. Campbell so that when Mr. Campbell needs some alone time. Exactly. That he, he's here. He's always here. He's Mr. Always Campbell here. has to take poopy break. So. Hey, just don't be like the Vrabel kids and open door it. All right. Keep, keep the door closed. Close it real quick. All right. Closed door, closed door policies from here on out. It's important. Very All right. Well, uh, hopefully talk to you guys next week. You don't know. You don't know with us. Uh, Brian Hampton stopped by the store this week. He was worried about us not putting an episode out. He was worried. He well, wanted to make sure. I'm glad yeah. he it was. Well, we we yeah. got to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good brother Hamper. Good brother Hamper had to stop by the store, check on me, make sure I was still alive. You know, we, we forget to put an episode out or something happens. These people we could are be in a ditch somewhere. We yeah, could be these, in a ditch somewhere. These people are checking in on us because nothing good happens after midnight. And there was a couple times where we were out after midnight. Uh, exactly. so, you know, it's a good thing they checked on us. All right, man. Good, good one. I'll, uh, we'll catch up next week. All right. See Later. you guys. See you guys. See ya.